Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hello, welcome to Impact the World, and today is a treat for me and for you. I'm speaking to Trevor Hall. So Trevor is someone whose music I have been listening to for about nine years now. So I was really thrilled when he agreed to come and have a chat with me about his journey with music, the creation of his albums, and also he recently became a father with his wife, Emery. So it was a really lovely, free-rolling chat. If you're a fan of Trevor's music, I think you're going to love this because I just loved how honest he is about his process and his way of being in the world. And he, for me, has created some of the most uplifting and mm, multidimensional music uh, that I've been hearing over the last decade. So if you haven't yet heard Trevor's music, I highly recommend it. Uh, trevorhallmusic.com is where you can find him or on social media. It's Trevor Hall Music. His latest release is called In and Through the Body. My favorite of his is called Chapter of the Forest, and we talk about that. Um, and for any of you who are fans of the show, it really supports us as an independent show. If you're able to subscribe, if you're watching this on YouTube, or if you're listening on Apple Music or any other podcast platform, subscribing and leaving us a rating or a review really helps us get the word out there. So thank you for doing that. Your support means a lot. But for now, enjoy this conversation with Trevor Hall. Trevor, welcome to Impact the World. And thank you for, for saying yes to having this conversation with me, because as I was just telling you before we got started, your music has impacted my life now for about a decade. And I'm sure many people listening or watching feel the same way. So thank you for following your calling and putting your work out into the world. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Happy to have the chat. Well, I had a funny experience with your album, Chapter of the Forest. Uh -huh. or I should say a profound experience with that album. And I'd already, ha I had a couple of your albums before and I really loved them. But when you brought out Chapter of the Forest, it found me at a very specific time in my life mm -hmm. where I was coming out of a burnout. Mm -hmm. you know, I was going back and forth to Slovenia to make a music album. I was running workshops around the world. I was doing all the work I did online and I Just wasn't moving. paying attention. Yeah. And so I had this burnout for a couple of months where I really had to just sit and be and recover and recoup. And that album was one of the soundtracks for me of that time. And it, it still probably is my favorite of yours. Mm. But it was only like a year later that I found out that for you, that album also... Same exact position. Was the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. That's, that's pretty crazy that that's when it found you. Because that's, you're basically speaking my story. I was, you know, God, that was... It, it it's one of my favorite albums just because um it just feels like a very pure album to me it, there there was uh not a lot of thought or um energy put towards um 
the album as a, a piece to you know get out there and market and all this stuff like that um it was an album where i was really using music as a healer and not caring about whatever happened after the fact you know the, the songs were born so um it's one of my favorite albums in that regard and, and just the time, even though it was a really rough time. I was touring for so long before that um, in a van, you know, just not sleeping, you know, not eating well. I mean, you know, cause you're in a different city every night. Um, and I kind of lost the fun of music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my health started to kind of just really, even though I was pretty young, it just, it was, it was hard and I didn't even party or anything. I wasn't like a partier so much or anything like that. Um, so that can kind of, yeah, maybe give you an idea of how much movement, you know, well, you know, cause you just yeah. told me that. But, um, so at that point I, yeah, I stopped. I was like, I don't even know if I want to do music anymore in this, at this level and, um, or in this degree, I guess. And, um, I just stopped playing for like a long time, like a long time for me. Like I didn't pick up a guitar for like months and months. Um, and then when I did music, what I, I somehow met music in this much more raw healing way. And, and I kind of fell in love with it all over again and remembered why, you know, I love it in the first place. So, um, and the album came out and I didn't even know what people would even think. Cause I thought it was quite different and stripped down. A lot of those songs were just um, my original demos, you know, that were built upon. So, um, but you know, it's funny cause a lot of people really resonate with that record. And I feel like in whatever you do, you know, when you're honest, when you're really raw and like whatever it is, you know, people resonate with it. They feel it. It brings, makes them vulnerable as well and inspires them, you know? Um, and that's the beauty of, of working in that spirit, you know? So it's been cool to kind of see that because, uh, no matter how many records I put out a lot, most people say, Oh yeah. Chapter of the forest. That was, that was the one for, you know, for me or whatever. So it's interesting. It's, it's cool. Well, your voice, you know, I think I can't remember how many albums I'd heard of yours. And I know I had one on vinyl that I think came out in 2009. You have, I forget the name now, but you have blonde hair on the front. Oh, yeah. That was just a self-titled. That was the first one, I think. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 2000 or the first one that I felt like I was starting, you know, because I, I was on this major label in the beginning, like right out of high school and whatever didn't pan out. It's a long story. You know, um, but, and that was another moment where I was like, ah, the music, I don't know if I want to do it like this. But then this other independent label came along, picked me up and was a great environment for me. And they put out the majority of my catalog, you know, and that was the first one um, uh, on that label, Vanguard. And that was interesting because I, I knew I could put you on and feel a vibe. So I always loved your voice. There's something Mm. about the sonics of your voice that's just very soothing and very comforting. Mm. And I know many people feel that way. And there was always a really good groove with everything that you did. But it was interesting when Chapter of the Forest came out, there was both a stillness 
and yeah. a space and also a really strong elemental energy to me in that realm yeah. that yeah, I have cool. experienced before. And and so I'm I'm always interested in that when you take a journey with an artist, how something that they go through or something that they emerge through can also take you there. Kind of like with a friend, when a friend has an epiphany or a major life event, you you go there with them. And it, it's interesting to hear that you also had that record as a, as a turning point because for me that was a a real deepening for me with your music in that in that one yeah it, i mean it's cool hearing you describe what it was meant like to you because it's i mean i always meet it in a new way and that was the special thing with that album everybody had their own kind of uh relationship with it you know um but I do agree with you 100%. There is that strong elemental feel. I, I feel the same thing with that one uh, in particular. And the environment, you know, reflects, you know, um, your your internal world. And uh, certain environments can help your internal world. And for me, it's solitude, silence, uh, the forest, um, I have to get quiet, you know, um, some people, they need the city, they need to get something going, you know, um, and that record in particular what most, the majority of those songs were written, um, at, uh, my wife's, um, father's place up in Vermont, like in the forest. And that's where I kind of hung out, uh, for a while to kind of just clear my head and, the other part of that was over in India in a, in a place on the Narmada River that's really important to me. And um, that's also the place that I felt really gave me some space and stillness within. So those two places kind of reflected, they're both forests, you know? So I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, this chapter of the forest. And um, yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, it was a really special time, even though I was going through a lot, you know, so, and I'm happy that it just came out in song, really. With with going through that burnout then, do you feel like you learned ways to create your life that have mm. meant that you haven't had to go through that again in the same way? I, I, I asked that because I know that was true for me. Like I can, mm -hmm. I can get close to it. But I, I went through such a big one that I feel mm -hmm. like it was like a fundamental teaching. And I, I hear you saying, I need silence, I need stillness. But then you're also touring, which mm -hmm. is a high energy experience. So I wonder, like, did uh, has that been a fundamental shift for you since then? Or do you still have to keep your eye on it or, or, or monitor your sensitivity? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I... To answer the first part of the question, like, I mean, luckily I had a choice to dial back at that point because I, I was in a, you know, a little bit better of a position. You know, I think about most people, most people don't have the choice to dial back, you know, um, especially like mothers, mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that I've really learned um, with just recently having a child is like, um, it's just amazing. Like I'm kind of going off topic here, but not really because it's just, you can get so burnt out so quickly, but they just, they don't have a choice, you know? Um, and it's just amazing to witness. Um, 
but in that situation, you know, I, I had a choice. So I felt really lucky that I was able to take the time, you know, going and, and, and heal up and dial back, you know? Um, and then coming back to it all, definitely, you know, every experience you have is carried in your bones, you know? Um, and, uh, we learn every moment, you know, with things, um, and the thing that I have to tell myself is just like, it's a constant practice because I get worked up all the time. You know, I'm still like, oh my God, I'm back in that place that I never said I'd get back into, you know, and I'm like, I'm such an idiot, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's just, but the, again, it's just practice. It's just practice because for me, it's like what happened. I'll, I'll get down on myself if I get worked up again, you know, and that's not helping me you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not, we're not supposed to get it right the first time, you know, it's, it's a, it's a journey. And, um, but I think when you have those extreme experiences, like where you burnt out, like, boom, you know, like they just really force you to change quickly. Yeah. And obviously those experiences are really forefront in you because they were so strong, you know? So, and then you just keep practicing, you keep, cause you're going to, you're going to burn out in some way again, you know, we all do. And it's just like trying to learn to honor each season that, you know, it's, it's not, um, I don't think it's one speed the whole time, you know, cause I kind of get messed. I'm like, oh man, I'm not creative right now where it's not, it's like, well, maybe that's okay. Put it down. Maybe you're supposed to chill out right now. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to rebel against the seasons of right our human experience. Um, well, it's funny you say that because your wife, Emery, I, I used to see her beautiful photography, uh, yeah. social media. And then I don't remember when she started doing this, but she opened a store mm -hmm. online and it's emeryhall.com, I believe, right? Yeah, shout out and to the queen. I love what she's doing because she's opening this store. Is it one week a month? It's like the store yeah. is open and then it's got, and I'm like, this is brilliant. And this oh yeah. It was the most yeah. amazing thing to witness because she just, you know, being, she being pregnant, she did not have an easy pregnancy at all. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was just, uh, the journey was tough the whole time. She had to, you know, put down her work and really just focus on keeping herself in the best way she could. Um, and then super crazy birth, you know, we were in the NICU for like a week because mm. our son, uh, excuse me, our son, uh, he wasn't like breathing properly. So um, it was just very emotional and uh like sl slightly traumatic to go through it's like you know the best moment of your life but you know something's off you know so it's kind of a really confusing place to be and then after going that and just her just healing you know her just healing and getting her body back i mean um to being able to make her own rules, like come back as this, like just mama bear, like I'm gonna, um, you know, this, this was stressing me out. I, I, I want to come back in a new fresh way and, and do what I can without, while still being a mother, 
um, she just came up with this idea. Like, I'm just going to open the store a week, a month and do it all then. And then I can just, you know, do it in one block and then just, and, and, and then be with Kailash. Um, but just to see her do all that work by herself, like she's in the studio over here, packing every single order, every single, she's got to wrap them up, put them in the tube, find out how much they weigh, you know, put the shipping label on. She does it all herself and she's got Kailash, you know, sitting on the floor with her playing with the tube. I'm like, I am like so dumb. Like you're amazing. Like, like mothers are freaking crazy. It's true. They're amazing. It's true. You know? So it's just, yeah, it's just, I feel blessed that I get to be a witness. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's funny. I was just re-listening this morning. I'm going to hold it up here. This is your. Hey, there it is. Which is gorgeous. Um, <laughs> in and through the body. I yeah. love the artwork too. And I just told you, I just got one of the yoga mats. With yeah, the there you go. There. Amazing. <laughs> um, but I was, I was. I was touched. I've been touched by hearing it before, but the song, the old story that Emery yeah. sings with you, it's kind of yeah. lovely when you're sharing about the, the rebirth she's just gone through. Um, yeah. But, but for both of you, how has it been uh, having a child in your life and, and, you know, moving into this new season of fatherhood, motherhood? What, how has that been for you? It's a lot. <laughs> I know you can't. It's a really, it's not the so smartest much, question. Yeah. It's so much. It's like, I don't want to, you know, talk your head off. Um, you can, by the way. <laughs> you totally can. Because, yeah. um, it's just crazy, you know. I think, like, first off, it's like, you know, it's really made me just be like, you know, everybody say it says it's going to be a certain way and this and that, and your, your second trimester is amazing and you're going to love it. You're going to, you know, isn't this the best moment of your life? You know, it's like, just let me, just let me a have a fucking moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> like back off. Like, even if they're saying like good things, you know? And, um, I think like, especially in like the Western world, we like really romanticize, childbirth like in movies and pop culture and um just like i don't know the modern day mm -hmm. and i think there needs to be a more honest conversation about what um can happen and 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 being a little more real with you know the process because i think what happened for me was like I started to feel like guilty if I had like these emotions of like, Oh, I'm scared mm -hmm. or, um, you know, this is, uh, this is hard. I'm, I'm, I'm so fucking tired right now, you know, but it's like, Oh man, you know, you're not, you know, this is the best moment of your life. Remember what everybody told you, you know? And it's like, yeah, it is. It literally is like, these are the golden years right now, you know? But I'm st it's still so, so hard. Um, and uh, it's just been a constant lesson of surrendering and just surrendering and surrendering and being present and um, just laying it down and just being in the moment, really, just being in the moment. Um, 
And when you're able to do that, it's just unbelievable, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but you're not always able to do that. You know, it's, it's hard. It's tiring. It's hard. Uh, You definitely get defeated, but it's just magical. It's just everything all at the same time. You know, it's just all at the same time, which is, which is just so cool, you know? Um, So we are just, yeah, we're, we're just taking it day by day. And um, it's just inspired a lot of beautiful creativity, you know, both with my music and her writing and, and um, it's just been a blessing to, to share the experience, you know, Mm. and uh, we can't think too far ahead because we got too many things in front of us, you know, and that part I quite like. Um, I think most people might feel like, Oh, I've, you know, lost my life. And it's like, yeah, you did like that old life you had is dead. Yeah. Like let it die. You know, because if you fight that, like you think it, you're, it's not going to work. You're going to drive yourself mad. Um, you got to let that die and meet this life in, in the best way you can, mm. you know, because when you start to think, oh, I wish I had more time to do this and that, which you do, right? You're just not being present and you, it's, it just, it makes me, um, I find when I'm ever, whenever I'm stressed out, I'm just not being present and accepting the moment as it is. So that's been such a beautiful practice um, that I'm still practicing very much. <laughs> I hear you. I don't, yeah. I don't have a little one in my life, but I know the same thing. Stress mm. to me is what am I yeah not accepting not being yeah. I love the way you describe that because that's so true yeah yeah it's pretty wild yeah <laughs> actually it's funny we have um I have a team uh here at the company with everything that we do uh-huh. and uh, this morning we have our monthly zoom meeting and there's usually like 15 of us on that call okay and we had we had uh we had Kendrick, who's one, and Flo, who I think is three months on the on the Zoom. Oh so my god! We have a couple of our team members who, That's you know, of course, lots of parents in my team, so they're yeah. they're able to uh, yeah. support the ones who are currently sleepless. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I hear you, man. We're yeah, we're we're doing our best. We're doing our best. Beautiful. Yeah, and I'm curious, just because you mentioned music, how. How do you think it's going to show up in your music? That's a very abstract question, but I mm-hmm. um, have you written any songs yet about these? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, a bunch, yeah. And, and no matter what comes out, it's like in some degree I'm finding right now has to do with um, the lessons I'm learning as a father um, or a parent and, um, you know, or less specific to that experience but still about surrender and again just putting another layer down you know putting another bag down um and also just joy you know joy which is just something i've been focusing a lot on you know somebody like me who kind of has a pretty depressed way of thinking and always seems to go towards the negative of the situation um practicing 
joy is yeah just a big thing for me not like faking it you know oh i'm i'm happy even though i'm but like being joyful even in the hard times and the sad times and the dark times um so yeah it's it's stuff i mean i want to release so much stuff right away you know because i'm it's this is so new to me and i want to share oh my god this is crazy what do you think too you know um but yeah i'm gonna have to wait it takes a while to record a, <laughs> record an album cool. but, yeah yeah I love hearing what you just said because you mm. you talked about feeling more wired to the depressive or the pessimistic. Yeah. I love hearing that from you <laughs> because I like many people have probably used your albums uh-huh. uh knowing they are going to give me a sense of heartfulness of <laughs> Um, isn't that funny oh yeah I, I always joke around like it was you know i wish it had the same effect on me <laughs> but it does it does i'm just joke, like it it that's why i love it you know and uh it's just the space that is just eternally open yeah to me uh I remember an interview with you a few years ago. So the details are vague. I was watching the interview, listening to you, and uh-huh. you were talking about your time. I think it was in California. Was it in San Diego? Were you in a, a spiritual center? Oh, I, um, that was in Laguna Beach. Yeah, I was living in an ashram there. Yeah. And I heard you talking about how incredible that period of time was for you in connecting with songwriting and that you were living this life of devotion and you were writing and yeah and then when you came out from there the contrast of like putting that out into the world so yeah i'm always interested you know as someone who has a spiritual practice like you do with yoga and with meditation and then you become someone in the field who represents and is a leader of around the conscious? I don't like that. What is that like? Like I don't like. I don't. I don't think of it like that. I mean, first I know. Off. I know you probably don't. But yeah. When I was, you know, living in Boulder a decade ago, you were one of the. <laughs> you were one of the few people out there in the conscious music scene that were definitely people that we knew and that we talked about. So I'm wondering what that, what that's like for you, just as an experience. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see myself like that at all, like mm-hmm. at all. And um, I, 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 I totally rebel against it. I don't want that, you know, um, because I'm, I'm so like, I'm trying to figure things out, you know, for myself, you know. And it's like, um, I look at it more as the music that you know is is the the space. You know, um, yeah, it's Trevor, it's called whatever, Trevor Hall or whatever. Like, um, but I just look, I try to look past that and this energy and, and, you know, this energy that has provided so much for my heart and my being, you know, I want to, I just want to share that. That's all, you know, um, it, when I share it, 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 that process of sharing music with people is just keeps me alive, you know, and, um, and makes me feel alive and bring and, and and brings me joy and love and just so much fullness. Um, so I just try to follow the song, you know, I just, I, I just try to 
let the songs come through and share it. And when I see perhaps this success and um, this and that, you know, being just being able to grow over so many years, um, I just see it as the power of music, of the music, you know, and that's what I try to hold on to. Um, so it's, it's just, uh, that time and to sorry to get back to the other group that the time in the ashram was um yeah it was an amazing time it was also a very confusing time too i i was living in this ashram that was just electric you know it was just so alive with devotion and spirituality and music and it wasn't like a ashram where everybody's like getting up at 5 a.m and meditate it was like a temp like an indian loud temple you know always something going on um and somebody singing or somebody dancing or whatever some talk that would just light you up you know so it was just this beautiful blissful time and and so many songs came out of of being there and um and then going out and sharing them um, in kind of this opposite environment, right? You know, I find myself in like bars and yeah. people are partying and drinking and um, getting wild and um, you're just out in it, you know, city to city type thing. It was just this huge contrast, you know, and it was always, it always was tough for me to leave the temple and get on the road. And it was always tough for me to get off the road and get back in the mm -hmm. temple you know, because it took me a second because they were just like such extremes. Um, but I think like the, the, the guru, the spirit, you know, that was, it was such a, so healthy for me hmm. because I do have quite a, a black and white mind. You can, you know, um, I'm very black and white and it causes me so much mental just tension, you know, um, and I've always been kind of trying to focus on letting down that that and getting stepping more into like a gray space. Um, and uh, I think by being in those two extremes, where the great mother, you know, was trying to show me like, oh, um, you should be able to go anywhere, you know, that's not the external environment's not important. It's what is within you. And that's where you should live, you know, Get, throw out these ideas of like holy and unholy and dirty and clean and um, of the world and not of the world, human and divine, that just be, you know, you stay in that place, you know, which has just, again, been a constant practice. I'm really bad at it, but <laughs> um, it's just, that's how I think that's what that whole experience kind of taught me. Um, yeah. I love it because, you know, and I totally get what you mean about you not want, you not seeing yourself that way and understanding mm -hmm. that, that, that it's what is coming through you and what you're co-creating that's actually connecting with people. But I, I guess for me, I was curious what the intimacy of you and your music was like with the high contrast of all of a sudden that being consumed by many people. And, right. and the way that we as humans interact with, 
I don't even want to say success, but there is a kind of, you know, we have this strange, we have very strange ideas uh, here, I think in the Western world, certainly around all of that external stuff. So I was curious for you what, what that's like internally when all of a sudden you go from this private time with this music to this noisier time, I guess, yeah. when you're putting it out there. But I, I mean, you, you explained it brilliantly. I love Oh, that's cool too. I mean, that's something that we talk about a lot. Like it's, it's, you know, you, you make these songs in the most intimate moments and, um, and specifically that time when they're coming through is so just, Ah, mystical, you know, it's just, um, the doors open and, um, and it's just, yeah, it's a really sweet, intimate moment. And they usually stay in that space for quite some time. Um, I'll, I'll, and I'll listen to them over and over again. Like, it's kind of almost like obsessive. Like if a new idea comes, I mean, I'll play it just over and over. I'm walking in the house, I'm in the car, I play it, listen to it. Like, just I try to just be in it, you know, um, and then it just takes this. It has the time; it comes, and it's just you don't need to know when because it'll just go, it'll just be like okay, I'm ready. Like mm. let's let's be shared. And it's funny because once it's shared, I stop that listening of the song. I don't listen to it anymore. It's weird, you know. Like even if I even if I you know. Like if you asked me to like listen to chapter of the forest right now, I'd be like, uh, no, you know, and uh, I find that that's really interesting. I find that that's kind of th that transfer of energy or something. But then what happens, which is so cool, is that you go out on tour, right? And you're in this live setting, right? And that environment and being with other people forces you to play these to share these songs you're follow again i'm trying just trying to follow the song you know and those songs and some songs get played more than others we don't know why but that's what resonates with people and boom 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 and then you meet the song in a whole new way you meet the, the song in a whole fresh way Carlo, come here come here buddy um you meet the 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 song in a whole new way and it's just like this beautiful cycle um and when you do that enough, it's like, who's singing the song anymore? I forgot. Mm -hmm. And that space is like the cream of the crop. Yeah. You know, it takes some time to get there for me, you know, but that's the, my experience with the journey of the song. And, and in that way, they just remain, you know, like so many have left us, but their songs remain. It's true. Forever, you know, yeah. so yeah, now I'm getting, I don't, I'm just kind of getting out there, I guess. But um, even this conversation right now, you know, like the questions that you're asking me, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, wouldn't normally think of this stuff. Of course. You know? yeah. And it comes out, I'm like, oh my God, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. And then what happens? I fall in love in a whole new way. It just keeps going. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Totally. You just transported me back to the Boulder Theatre 2014, your yeah. concert. And I told you before we started that Obsidian is certainly my most played song of yours. Like I had that on repeat a lot. Right. And the night I was there, beautiful concert, and you played that, you know, 
there were many of us singing it back with you. And it's uh-huh. interesting how every audience member gets to infuse that experience that you're perhaps the conductor for, but it is such an orchestral experience when you're in a live gig with audience and everyone playing on the stage. It's incredible. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, those moments don't happen all the time. So it must have been a good a good show. <laughs> it was for me. I don't know yeah. how it was for you that night. Yeah, like, I know it goes up and down totally. It totally goes up and down, yeah. you know. But um when it does all click like that, like that, it's just, you know, it's just magical. Totally. Whether it be a hundred people in the room or a thousand people in the room or five people in the room, you know, it's just it's it's awesome. So well, speaking of the power of your community, and I've always felt, you know, being on your newsletter and being connected to you and your work, I've always felt this beautiful community around you and your work. Uh, um, I, I, I didn't know somehow this had escaped me until I was just getting ready to speak to you today that The Fruitful Darkness, which was your um, 2018 release, uh, somehow that went over my head that that was a Kickstarter album because I probably just bought it from wherever I bought it from. Right, right, right. That's really cool. So that that was the first independent release for you. I, I'm curious yeah. what motivated that and how you experienced mm-hmm. doing it that way because I know you had the most successful Kickstarter of 2017 or something. The, the, I, th- yeah, I, th- I think it was something like... Um, oh, music, music Kickstarter, music. I, I'm pretty sure, which like, I mean, yeah, the whole experience blew my mind. Um, you know, that was at a point where I had, I had completed, I had the contract with Geff or with, excuse me, with Vanguard who had put out, you know, four of my records, um, chapter of the forest all the way up to Kala. Mm. Right. And then, um, I fulfilled that whatever contract right so we 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 were kind of in a position right to um okay what do we want to do next you know like do we want to resign if they if they'd have us you know or do we want to go somewhere else or do we want to try it on our own so there was a constant kind of like conversations around it um but i think you know in today's time right one of the I think benefits of of today's time, like especially in like the music world, uh, I don't know about other worlds, but you know, it's the world I'm in. Is is that they they've made it a lot easier for artists to release their music without having to have um, a big label or management or like totally. anything like this, you know. And I think it's super cool, you know. Um, I think there's a little bit of a downside too, because obviously it gets so crowded, but, um, you know, it, it, I, I, I think it's a good thing that it, it's, it's just amazing how, how the freedom, you know, that musicians have. So we were left with that choice, you know, and, and I, um, after lots of conversations, we just decided to do it on our own. Um, and at least just do it once and just see, you know, and the, I don't really like, uh, the, the Kickstarter was interesting because I had no idea what to expect. Uh, I didn't even know if we were going to raise like that much money. Um, 
And when we did, it was almost, it made me feel weird. You know, like I, I, uh, I didn't want to like the whole asking for money part was really difficult for me. Um, and then like when we raised quite a bit, I was like, even more like, Oh God, this, I don't, you know, but then again, it really, um, just, I really felt the power of community and was really taken, like was really like emotional about, um, just, just the nature of people's donations and wanting to be involved. Like it was just so beautiful. So it was kind of hard to balance both, um, sides of it. But like I said, I'm pretty black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and yeah, it was just amazing. It was just amazing to, I learned so much, you know, that was the big thing. Cause I had been doing this since I was like 16, 17, but I always had a manager. I always was on a label in some fashion, you know, and didn't really have to like look at my business too much. I mean, I was like a young kid. I mean, who's gonna, who's gonna like understand all that stuff anyway. You know, I, I certainly wasn't. Um, so to be on, to be under somebody or, or with somebody for so many years and then have this album cycle where you literally are, have your hand in everything and have to make these decisions was, was awesome because I learned so much and I learned, Oh, like for me, like I don't necessarily necessarily think I need that. Right. Which was some for something else or, Oh, you know, this, I really want to focus more on this area or, you know, so that was, I think the funnest part of that process. Um, even though it had lots of challenges and like any process that that was, uh, I think my takeaway from that experience for sure. Yeah. I, I remember Amanda Palmer who had a famous Kickstarter campaign where uh-huh. she raised a million dollars for her album. I remember I read her book, great book, uh, the art of asking. And she said she got so much negative kickback in the media about how much money she raised. And she right. said people had really understood where all that money went, how expensive it was. Like, 100%. That, that they had under budgeted for like postage and packing. And it's funny, yeah. I did a small Kickstarter for an album that we were doing in 2014. And even on our small scale, all the same things you said, amazing that the community supported and that we, you know, it, that was incredible, but it's challenging too, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's that's it's like, I told, it's so you just brought that up and I like totally forgot about that point, how hard it was to, um, like try to educate people that weren't in the business, the business, like that were, you know, really hating on you. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is how much this costs, you know, like because I'm independent now, I have to pay for literally everything. Yes. So, you know, getting, yeah, getting it out, getting things printed, getting a, a creative designer, getting it, you know, like paying for the mixing, paying for the mastering, you know, like people, they just see the number. And yeah. I think that's what made me uncomfortable, part of what made me uncomfortable too, because um, even if I was like a fan and like I, you know, saw that I'd, I'd probably think the same thing. I'd be like, Oh my God, you know, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's just the position of how the, how things play out, you know, and you just got to know that. Carlo, I'm on a podcast right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> my dog is being so funny. Um, you just have to kind of do the best you can, I feel like, mm. you know, and try not to be so attached to negative or positive comments. True. You know, just try True. to just stay in yourself and, um, yeah, you know. <laughs> But I totally forgot about that until you brought it up. I was like, oh, my God, that part was really hard. About it reminded me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, did you release In and Through the Body um, through through an, independently or with a record? That label? was also independent. Yeah. Yeah. So that was independent. Cool. But I had moved teams. Um, I kind of, um, after the Fruitful Darkness, it kind of like rearranged things just like internally. And um but it was still an independent release. Yeah. Mm. And uh, again, was another awesome experience. Mm. Yeah. Well, you released that in 2020, but I also yeah. read that you and Emery created a foundation in 2020 called Where the Rivers Meet. Could you share some of that? Because that sounds brilliant. Well, that is a project that we have been talking about for a really long time. Um, both Emery and myself. Um, are greatly influenced by the lands and culture of India and Nepal and have been traveling over there for a number of years. And um, it's really just like shaped our lives, you know, um, and even you know, just our beliefs and, and who we, how we view life and stuff. And um we we have been uh, supporting a, our ashram over there in India for super long time. It started out as just uh, we at, at concerts. I we'd take a cardboard box and we just write donations for our ashram. You know, we had a little a picture of the kids that we take care of, and that was it. It was just cardboard box. But you know, at a concert, you know, you, people put money in there. You make a hundred bucks, right? A hundred bucks goes a long way in a, in a country, especially like India. Um, and uh, after a whole tour, maybe you have two G's in there, mm. you know? So, we, you know, it wasn't a lot, but we would send the money over to our teacher, our Guruji over there, um, just when we got it and just did what we could. Well, slowly people started asking, you know, what's behind this and who are you supporting? And they were really into the, the, the story of the kids and what Guruji does and how he takes in these underprivileged, you know, kids and teaches them this classic Indian, you know, culture, yoga, meditation, um, sends them to school, takes care of all their clothes, their food. I mean, just one guy and he's a monk, right? So he doesn't have a job. Right. He's living in a traditional sannyasi way in, in India. Um, and so people started getting into that. Right. So then people started, well, can I write a check? You know, and and we weren't set up. I mean, we were just literally sending it to his ATM card, you know, <laughs> the, and, and we'd call him up, say, hey, Guruji, we put in 800 more bucks, you know. So it wasn't like legit. And what we found out was that it was really hard for people really wanted to support the ashram. Um, but it was really hard to like accept donations if we weren't, you know, a legit thing mm. or, or had something to help make it easier to get this money to where it needs to go. 
Uh, so that was kind of like the seed, I think, for where the rivers meet. You know, we, we just basically we needed to set up something kind of more legit than just a cardboard box at shows, you know. Um, and that's kind of blossomed into, you know, because of that, we had to kind of get a little more formal or focused around it, I'd say. You know, what is our mission here? Or what do we want to do? Or what do we want this to represent? And it's still taking shape, you know, now um, it, it, it slowed down a bit because um, obviously when we were having our child, but it's always been a dream of ours. And it's just a place where we can try and give back to the land and the cultures that have given us so much in our lives um, and provide a space for people to do that. You know, mm. a lot of people, a lot of people want to give, you know, but there's, sure. it's, it's, a lot we don't know how in a way because there's just so much so much distraction almost you know so maybe we can provide a space you know um a small space for you know who we want to support you Fantastic. know do you so, have is, yeah. does it have a website right now no it's like it's 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 early as of now we're still you know sending cash to the atm card but <laughs> um it's at least we've, you know, are developing like a board, you know, volunteer, right. you know, this type of thing. We're you're trying to get paid. I mean, I had no idea how much paperwork it takes to, you know, set up something like that. So, uh, but yeah, we're in super early stages, but we're just hoping that it grows and grows and grows. You know? oh, I'm, I'm sure it will. I mean, yeah. I know this podcast will come out in a couple of months. So yeah. maybe, maybe. Us talking about it as well as all the other places you might be mentioning, yeah. helping it, you know, helping yeah. it. It's, it's beautiful though. I, I, I was curious because I didn't know the story. Um, yeah, I think that's great. And I also just want to say I love, I love the grassroots way it began. I think often we get it in our head that we have to do this massive thing, and the best thing you can do is a cardboard box and send. Yeah you know, start small and then let it grow. Yeah. And that way it was like, just really, it was really like special those days when we didn't have to have all the, you know, Yeah, it was so personable. And there was also this element of just like discovery, which Mm -hmm. was really fun. Mm -hmm. You know, now a lot of people kind of know, or our fan base like kind of knows, you know, at least some story Mm -hmm. or sense about it. But it was fun in those days to kind of like share this place that we love so much and talk about it, you yeah. know. Oh, where's this going? Oh, well, let me tell you. It's really cool, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everything has its chapter. But, yeah, it was, it was good times. It's good times. It does. But, you know, speaking as someone who maybe, I, yeah, like I said, I think it's been like nine years since your music has been a part of the soundtrack of my life. Uh-huh. I always find you or Emery, who I follow over on Instagram and um, have seen her work in other places too, um, very personable. So I think that that energy signature that you guys carry, whatever form it has to take structurally, will will carry through. And I think that's that's why I, like many people, um, it's one of the things I love about connecting with your world and also the music that you put out, which is for me always super intimate. Um, even the more upbeat, let's get moving stuff. You know, I, I always I always feel it in my heart, and I feel like right. your lyrics speak to my heart and my mind and my higher mind. So, 
One of the things I've greatly enjoyed today, Trevor, which thank you for taking this time to be with me. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you so much. Is hearing you talk about, you know, some of the stuff that you have in you as a human and yet recognizing that you are creating music that is not black and white you know it's it's yeah. got so much room for gray and if for... only i just knew that and paid attention <laughs> but you know but isn't that isn't that the balance of life like so i you know yeah. I work as a channeler and intuitive a musician and whenever i'm channeling i always uh, or working with people and facilitating things i always am reminded i need i need it too you know mm. whether whether i needed that specific lesson that i'm working right someone on just the just being in the energy of it brings us balance so yeah if your music is one of the things that brings you balance then those of us that love your music we got lucky <laughs> you're too sweet you're too sweet thank you so much well thank you and um we will put links to um wonderful your website and your music oh good i thought you meant like to our to the talk and stuff no, no, that, that <laughs> this this will be this will probably be out. We think kind of early January, but it's oh cool. Trevorhallmusic.com is your main website. Yeah, yeah, Trevorhallmusic.com, and then it's Trevor Hall Music on the socials and stuff like that. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, and we'll put all the links in the show notes. But thank oh, you so much. And yeah, what an awesome chat. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, and I hope that you and your family and. Uh, you and Emery, as as a new mother and father, have a wonderful start to your. <laughs> Thank you. We need all the help we can get. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. Yeah. Take care. Hello, I'm Lee Harris. I'm an intuitive and a channeler. And every year in January, I hold a rebirth course, a way for us to look at the year that has gone, and let go of what we no longer need and look ahead at the year to come and see what we might want to create in our life. This year, I'm going to be bringing a lot of channeling to my rebirth program. So I will be channeling my guides several times throughout the course of the two week program, and they will be bringing transmissions through all based on empowerment. When I was tuning in this year as to what the overarching theme for rebirth 2022 would be, I heard very clearly from them the empowerment sessions. So that is what they will be bringing in the channeled messages. And I and my team will be supporting those messages with a series of video and audio presentations all designed to help you reconfigure who you want to be for the year ahead. Stephen Washington will be teaching Qigong and wellness practices. I will also be doing a whole session on manifestation and creation and our habits and our patterns and how we can elevate and change those in order to bring in the new. And my team members, Marty and Wendy, will be adding some support videos as well as an MP3 recording that you get as soon as you sign up called Your Garden of Higher Consciousness. Rebirth is always our biggest course of the year. And so we have a very large community from all over the world who tune in and most importantly, weigh in. So we have a community forum that's completely private and it's where you and other members can share your experiences, not only of the material, but of what's going on in your life right now and what you're looking to cultivate. So the group energy that forms around Rebirth is very strong. 
And we also have transcripts and worksheets. And once you are in Rebirth, you will have lifetime access to all of the materials. So even though we run most of these sessions live as live broadcasts, you don't have to be able to be there live. And if you do miss a live broadcast, you will get the replay on video and in transcript form and audio within two days of the broadcast. We begin on January 17th. So if it resonates with you to join us for Rebirth 2022, the empowerment sessions, I, my guides, and my team would love to welcome you.